minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. Tanis Esther, the fast of Esther. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
But I can guarantee you this. The days when the Jewish people remain passive in the face of genocidal enemies, those days are over. We are no longer scattered among the nations, powerless to defend ourselves. We've restored our sovereignty in our ancient home. And the soldiers who defend our home have boundless courage. For the first time in a hundred generations, we, the Jewish people, can defend ourselves. This is why, this is why as Prime Minister of Israel, I can promise you one more thing. Even if Israel has to stand alone, Israel will stand. But I know that Israel does not stand alone. I know that America stands with Israel. I know that you stand with Israel. You stand with Israel because you know that the story of Israel is not only the story of the Jewish people, but of the human spirit that refuses again and again to succumb to history's horrors. Facing me, right up there in the gallery, Overlooking all of us in this august chamber is the image of Moses. Moses led our people from slavery to the gates of the promised land. And before the people of Israel entered the land of Israel, Moses gave us a message that has steeled our resolve for thousands of years. I leave you with his message today. Be strong and resolute, neither fear nor dread them. My friends, may Israel and America always stand together, strong and resolute. May we neither fear nor dread the challenges ahead. May we face the future with confidence, strength, and hope. May God bless the state of Israel, and may God bless the United States of America. Wow.
I said this during our webcast yesterday that was um, received really, really well, by the way. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. We had an amazing uh, and very large audience for the speech and for the conversation afterward with um, Mayor Weingarten, Miriam Wallach, and uh, Michael Fragan. And I said, and I also uh, wrote this on Facebook during the speech, how I was waiting for that point during the speech, that inspiring point that I wish every persecuted Jew in history could hear. Because I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew the Prime Minister would not disappoint. And when he said the days when the Jewish people remained passive in the face of genocidal enemies, those days are over. That is where that section of the speech began, and I knew that he was going to be on a roll for the rest of it. You're wonderful. Thank you, America. Thank you. Thank you. At some point here, he says Todarabah, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, they don't have it on this one. At some point, he said Todarabah toward the end, which was, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess he forgot for a moment where he was. Maybe he thought he was back campaigning. And then when he said, we are no longer scattered among the nations, powerless to defend ourselves. We restored our sovereignty in our ancient home. And the soldiers who defend our home have boundless courage. For the first time in 100 generations, we, the Jewish people, can defend ourselves. I'll tell you, when he said that, that that's where I really, that's where I said to myself, I wish every Jew in history, everybody who preceded us, who was tortured, those who were murdered, those who were persecuted, those who, who had fear going through them every morning and every night of their lives, depending on where they lived and what they experienced, how I wish every one of our predecessors who went through that could have heard this speech and could have heard the Prime Minister of Israel in Washington, in the most powerful legislative chamber in the world, declare how Israel, even if it stands alone, will always stand. I know that Israel does not stand alone. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. I can promise you, even if Israel has to stand alone, Israel will stand. How I wish everybody could have heard that. Everybody who suffered at the hands of the enemies for 100 generations. And maybe, 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 maybe young and old yesterday came to the realization, finally, maybe it slapped us in the face about the era that we are living in and how lucky we are and what a blessing it is to have the state of Israel. And what a schus, what a privilege it is for those who've moved and who now live in the state of Israel and who continue to build the state of Israel and who continue to support and provide their own children to that courageous army to be some of those courageous soldiers. Just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. If you think about it and look at it in the context of history, it's just unbelievable. And to see the Prime Minister of Israel be received that way by prominent members of the most prominent legislative body in the world, with standing ovations right and left, and knowing, knowing what had happened just a few short decades ago, just a few short decades ago, when it was impossible or nearly impossible to get anybody in Washington to pay attention to the plight of the Jews. And now you see the way they're reacting to the Prime Minister of Israel in their chamber. It was just 
something remarkable, and I hope everybody had the same appreciation that I was able to uh, that I was able to have yesterday. And I know that a lot of schools. I heard from so many representatives of so many schools yesterday that in fact did play the speech, and a lot of students of of all ages discussing how did the prime minister do and what did you think, and just that our children. We're, uh, we're discussing it and making it part of their, uh, of their experience, of their learning experience was wonderful. And uh, the Prime Minister did instill a tremendous amount of pride. And aside from the, from the moments of, of pride that he provided, especially toward the beginning and toward the end of the speech, there was a lot of incredible substance, a lot of warnings, a lot of messages to the world about what we are facing now, what type of era we're in, and what kind of enemy we are facing. And this is going to be a difficult challenge and a difficult battle, as he described, and a difficult war, as he described, for the United States, for Israel, and for all freedom-loving countries. But as he said at the end, and as Moses said, according to the Prime Minister, <laughs> uh, I, was unbl- I knew there was going to be some... Great Pusuk that he'd have in there. Be strong and resolute, neither fear nor dread them. That's the message. The message in Sefer Dvarim as the Jewish people are about to enter the land. Oh boy, I'll tell you. And then we, and then in the context, I loved at the beginning the context, which, which, which he didn't have to do. He could, he could have avoided mentioning the holiday of Purim. He could have avoided it. He didn't necessarily have to mention it, but he says, we're an ancient people. In our nearly 4,000 years of history, many have tried repeatedly to destroy the Jewish people. Tomorrow night, on the Jewish holiday of Purim, we'll read the book of Esther. We'll read of a powerful Persian viceroy named Haman, who plotted to destroy the Jewish people some 2,500 years ago. But a courageous Jewish woman, Queen Esther, exposed the plot and gave for the Jewish people the right to defend themselves against their enemies. The plot was foiled. Our people were saved. Today, the Jewish people face another attempt by yet another Persian potentate to destroy us. Iran's supreme leader, Khamenei, spews the oldest hatred, the oldest hatred of anti-Semitism with the newest technology. He tweets that Israel must be annihilated. He tweets. You know, in Iran, there isn't exactly free internet. But he tweets in English that Israel must be destroyed. Unbelievable. The references he had were just incredible. Anyway, there you have it. JM in the AM. It's a Tanis Esther morning. Today is a day of prayer. In fact, we're going to be speaking with Rachel Weingarten about her brand-new book on prayer coming up. Rand Paul, who was, of course, in the room. Senator Rand Paul, who was, of course, in the room yesterday during the Netanyahu address, is going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Jay Booksbaum is slated to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. He has a lot to say about how to and how not to behave on Purim. And he is the world's number one kosher wine sommelier. So on an era of Purim, I would take his... Words very seriously. And tomorrow morning, Mayor Weingarten is going to be in our studio here at JM in the AM. He will do the Thursday Purim special between 6 and 9. Our Shushan Purim special is Friday. Malcolm Honline will be part of it, as we'll do the weekly update at 7.40 in the morning this Friday. 
Looking forward to hear what Malcolm has to say about the speech and its aftermath. That happens this Friday. And don't forget Monday. Don't forget Monday is a very big day on the Jewish calendar. Monday is Marathon Day, our fundraising marathon day one. We want to get off to a great start. Make sure to support us this year and to encourage your family and friends to do the same and support us in the biggest way possible. I want you, if you're a believer in this radio program, to uh, to give generously starting on Monday or actually starting today, if you wish, by going to the pledge link at jmandtheam.org. Uh, so that happens starting Monday morning. It's always a great community gathering, our fundraising marathon. If you'd like to be part of it if, uh, in any way, shape, or form as a caterer for our staff, as a um, as a uh, phone answerer in our phone room, uh, or any other reason, uh, email us, nachum at wfmu.org, nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at wfmu.org. And we'll pass that along to the proper people. It's JM in the AM at 16 minutes before 7 o'clock. An easy and fast, fast for everybody on this Wednesday morning, Tanis Esther at JM in the AM.
This court will please come to order. Mr. Rabinowitz, you are the foreman of the jury. Have you reached a verdict? Judge, Your Honor, we have been listening to the facts in this case for six weeks, and it has been a wonderful experience for us all. We, the jury, would like to thank you for the way you have conducted this case. Thank you, Mr. Rabinowitz. But the verdict, please. Certainly, Your Honor. We, the jury, Mr. Cohen, Mr. Fine, Mr. Landsberg, the lovely Mrs. Berkowitz. Thank you, Mr. Rabinowitz. You're welcome. Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict. Coming, Your Honor. Mr. Goldberg, Mr. Katz, Mr. Stein, Mrs. Cantor, Mr. I'm not lovely. The lovely Mrs. Cantor. Lovely. Mr. Rabinowitz. Mr. Finkelstein, Mr. Bloom, and Mr. Pinkus the Furrier. Your Honor, the 12 of us have spent the past four days in the jury room debating this case. And we examine the evidence pro and con in backwards and forwards to decide in the American way, did he or didn't he do it? <laughs> Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict, and now. Immediately, Your Honor. <laughs> we, the jury, after careful deliberation on this case, have decided we shouldn't make in. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. And, um... And, um... Getting set for our news from Israel and plenty more coming up here on AJM and the AM. Tanis Esther. Today is the fast of Esther. I hope it'll be a fast fast for everybody. Hope you have the opportunity to uh, celebrate Purim tonight, despite what the weather looks like. I'll give you the weather forecast coming up. <laughs> I'll tell you, can't get a break with this weather this winter, that's for sure. Not in the New York, New Jersey area, and it seems in barely any area of the United States. This winter has been insane. Anyway, we'll do that uh, coming up here. Mayor Weingarten tomorrow between 6 and 9. Malcolm Honeline, 740 Friday morning with a weekly update on Shushan Purim. Monday is our fundraising marathon 2015. Thank you to everybody who's already given generously. Keep giving, please, and support this great radio show. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a... Wednesday follows next. Say Boker Tov from Jamin. The late Sal Ashash time can Iran Eliakim imma shekore achshav nisyon pigua yeri b'shomron en nifgaim katavenu in baltamir yeri butzal averechav shel kuchot abitachon shenasa bichvish chamishim vechamesh samuch lezomet jit b'shomron ish lo nifgach nezekal nigram larechav kuchot abitachon patchu b'srikot b'azor lechipus achar chashudim v'atzomet nixam litnoa b'shne akivunim. במקביל, יושב ראש הרשות אבו מאזן נסע בצהריים נאום ברמאללה והאשים את ישראל בחטיפת השלום כלשונו ביצירת מתיחות בעולם. הוא הוסיף שיעבוד עם כל ממשלה שתיבחר בישראל וכי יהיה מוכן לשוב לשיחות, אך לא יסכים לשום הסדר ביניים. לנו 
أما أنه يطلع لي في طيارات ودبابات إحنا لا قبل لنا بها לא נשתמש באלימות, ההתנגדות העממית בדרכי שלום היא הדרך היחידה שלנו להבעת דעה, אמר אבו מאזן והוסיף, אבל אם יבואו אלינו במטוסים ובטנקים, לא נוכל לעמוד מנגד. את הדברים הביא כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. יממה אחרי תקיפת חברת הכנסת חנין זועבי הוגש כתב אישום נגד התוקף, כתבתנו שרון פולבר. לנאשם ארתמי קזרוב, תושב רמת גן בן 28, מיוחסות עבירות של תקיפה והתפרעות, לאחר שהוא שפך משקה על חברת הכנסת חנין זועבי, במהלך כנס שהתקיים אתמול במכללה למשפט ולעסקים ברמת גן. בשעה הקרובה יוגש כתב אישום נגד נאשם נוסף, שתקף על פי החשד במות, את דוברת הרשימה המשותפת. בתוך כך, יושב ראש הרשימה המשותפת, שעושים לזועבי רצח אופי. אני חושב שנעשה דומיניזציה גם לחנין. היא דוגלת במדינת אזרחיה. אנשים שמקדמים את חוק הלאום במדינת ישראל הם נתפסים מתונים, במרכז, מנסטרים. מי שרוצה מדינת כל אזרחיה, גם היהודים והערבים ביחד, הוא נתפס כקיצוני, מאיים. פרסום ראשון בימים האחרונים נמדדו בחופי ישראל שיאים חדשים של זיהום. כתבתנו יערה שפירא. בדיקה שגרתית של המשרד להגנת הסביבה גילתה כמויות גדולות מאוד של פסולת ב-11 חופי רחצה ברחבי הארץ. היקפי לכלוך קרובים לאלה נמדדו לאחרונה בשנת 2006 בשישה חופים בלבד. ההסבר לזיהום הוא כנראה הגלים הגבוהים בתקופה האחרונה שהביאו עמם לחופים פסולת מהים. עובדי מוזיאון תל אביב פתחו בעיצומים ומאפשרים כעת כניסה בחינם. כתבתנו לי אמרה מילת. הנהלת מוזיאון תל אביב לאומנות לא מאשרת לוועד העובדים שמוחים על צמצום שטחו של מרכז מייהוף לסגור את שערי המוזיאון. לכן הם אמנם שובתים ולא מדפיסים כרטיסי כניסה, אבל המבקרים יכולים להיכנס בחינם עד השעה שלוש, שכן הדלתות פתוחות. התחזית מחר עלייה בטמפרטורות שתהיינה רגילות בעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. Oh, 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 oh,
This is Tel Aviv. In the dead of night, through the dark side streets, speeds a man with a mission. Israeli secret agent James Bonstein. Known to those in the Bureau only as Agent 00995. <laughs> which signifies that Bonstein has a license to kill wholesale. <laughs> Bonstein is fighting time as his foot urges speed out of his slick, powerful hubmobile. He whips around a corner and screeches to a sharp stop right in front of the Israeli Secret Service headquarters, the secret organization known throughout the world only by the initials O-Y-V-A-Y, Oy Vey. <laughs> the location of the Secret Service headquarters is known only to a few men. In the back of this building, the international communication system and as a clever front the only entrance to the Secret Service headquarters, a candy store. <laughs> Bonstein enters. <clears throat> to the shrewd and calculating agent behind the counter, he gives the password. Give me an egg cream, please. <laughs> there is no answer. I said... Give me an egg cream, please. The agent looks at Bonstein with cold hatred as he speaks. Four o'clock in the morning, I should make you an egg cream. <laughs> no! It's the password, you dumbbell. I'm a dumbbell, huh? Give me an egg cream, please, was last week's password. <laughs> we had to change it this week. Change it? Why? We ran out of chocolate. <laughs> anyway, this week we got a nicer one. What is it? Two cents plain is ten cents now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So open the secret door for me. I'm making him an egg cream, and now he wants me to open the secret door for him. Open it yourself. Just press there where it says secret button. Bonstein moves quickly to the secret button. He presses it. A panel of Milky Ways slides to the left. Bonstein enters the office of his superior, the commander-in-chief of the Israeli secret service known as Gimel. He speaks. Ah, Bonstein. I've got the report you wanted. Wait, wait. Before you report, let me call in my chief. Mama! <laughs> Bonstein's here. Are you, Bonstein? I've come to give my report. Your folks, my folk, look how you look. <laughs> you look terrible. I see already you come down with a coat, and I better make you something. How will it look for the organization if people see you and say, Look at him. He is the spy who came in with a cold. <laughs> I'll make a little chicken soup. I'll be right back. Bonstein, there's an emergency in New York. Our entire organization is being threatened by the new secret underground group of killers. You mean? That's right. Schlepp. <laughs> and your job, Bonstein, is to wipe out those schleppers. When do I leave, Gimel? There's a plane in one hour. I want you back here in 21 days. Why? It's a tourist excursion flight. <laughs> now, when you arrive in New York, go immediately to 322 Avenue B. 
Contact secret agent Moskowitz. Tell him the password. Give me an egg cream, please. I thought you changed it. In New York, they got plenty of chocolate. <laughs> now, when you contact secret agent Moskowitz, he will give you the remainder of your assignment. Good luck. Bonstein's plane leaves Tel Aviv on time. Two hours late. He arrives at the air terminal in New York. Getting specific directions from passersby takes him only three days to get to Avenue B. He enters the building. Now to find my contact, Moskowitz. J-K-L-M. Here it is. Moskowitz. A. Moskowitz. Uh-uh. Look. J. Moskowitz. Oh, I'm in trouble. Two Moskowitzes. One of them is my spy contact, and the other... Who knows? Oh, what shall I do? There's not enough time to call Gimmel. I can't wait until tomorrow, and his mother won't let him accept calls on Saturday. <laughs> I'll have to take a chance. I'll take this one. I'll just press his bell and see what happens. Yes, what is it? What can I do for you? Are you Moskowitz? I am Moskowitz. Give me an egg cream, please. Oh, you are Moskowitz the spy, second floor in the back. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Tanis Esther morning as we get set for Purim. Happy Purim, everybody. Mayor Weingarten in tomorrow for our Purim special. Shushan Purim will be Friday. Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update. We'll get an opportunity to talk about the... Amazing speech of the Prime Minister that took place yesterday. Want to wish a happy and healthy birthday to Phil Schiffman. Phil Schiffman, a happy birthday from your loving family. Uh, wishing everybody out there an easy fast and a freilich and purim. And again, to Phil Schiffman, a, a happy and healthy birthday from all of us here at JM and the AM. Always great to hear from the Schiffman family, dedicated JM and the AM listeners and great friends of the Siegel family, thank you to the Schiffmans, and a very happy Purim to them from all of us here at JM in the AM. 7.27 in the morning on this uh, Wednesday, Tanis Esther, I hope your fast is going fast so far. Senator Rand Paul will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. He was in the room, of course, yesterday during the speech. There's also rumors about him and uh, some of the comments that supposedly were made by Shelley Adelson. We'll ask him about that. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, Jay Booksbaum will join us. Number one uh, kosher wine sommelier in the entire world will have words about how to and how not to observe Purim. Jay Booksbaum will be in our studio coming up. And uh, Rachel Weingarten, she's author of a brand new book entitled Ancient Prayer. We'll speak with her on this day of prayer, this day of Esther, all coming up at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. Good morning. The Rambam writes in the beginning of Hilchus Tainus that the fast days of Klau Yisroel are because of Tsaros, the different calamities that have happened over the generations. This is in order to inspire our hearts to open up the way to Tshuva. On the day of the fast, we recall our deeds and also the deeds of our fathers that were the cause of the situation we have today. With this remembrance, it's possible for us to return to good. As it says, we should confess our sins and the sins of our fathers. 
the Chassam Soifer comments that there are those who think that these fasts are simply because of the events that happened long ago, not the Derech of Tshuva, similar to the way that we're happy or we celebrate on the day of Yom Tov. The Rambam tells us this is not the case. We recite Vidoy, the confession, and Slichos, the penitential prayers, on every fast day, because they are appointed to be days of tshuva and introspection. The Rambam comes to tell us that the Nevi'im, the prophets, could not institute a new day for tsar and Avelus, for mourning, like there was a day of joy on Purim and Hanukkah. Because of this, we understand the day is solely for tshuva, for kapara, atonement, and for slicha, forgiveness. The Kedusha Slevi points out that on Purim, we first fast, and then we have a day of mishta v'simcha, rejoicing, eating, and drinking. On Yom Kippur, we first eat and drink, and afterwards we fast. We say in our tefillos, Remove the Satan, the adversary, from in front of us and from behind us. On Erev Yom Kippur, the adversary comes to accuse Klau Yisrael. Look at them, they're eating and they're drinking. Therefore we show them the Lefonenu, what's ahead of us, when we will be fasting and sanctifying the day with special holiness. May Erev Advoiker. On Purim, the adversary comes once again to be Mekatrig, to accuse. Then we show him the Achreinu, what is behind us, the day of fasting and tshuva. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a Freilich and Purim. Ah, uh, yes, a Freilich and Purim, Rabbi Goldwasser. It's Wednesday at JM in the AM, and the... Um Today is Tanis Esther. Today is, every day is a day of prayer, obviously. We know that in our tradition. Every day is a day of prayer. But Tanis Esther, I think, is a day of extra prayer. Um, what was going through Esther's mind as she declared a, a fast for three days and as she asked for the support of the Jewish people, uh, before approaching, uh, Achashverosh? Uh, her request, of course, was to pray. And, uh, no doubt, that a lot of people in that uh, period of time prayed very hard and with tremendous concentration. Uh, Rachel Weingarten is with us live via telephone. She is author of the book Ancient Prayer, Channeling Your Faith, 365 Days of the Year. Rachel Weingarten, an early happy Purim to you, and thank you for joining us at JM in the AM. Hey, and early happy Purim to you too, Nachum, and thank you so much for having me. A really pleasure. appreciate it. You agree that today is a, a an extra special day of prayer because it was a day of Esther's prayer, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, not so obvious, but uh, I absolutely feel like it's an extra special day. And for me as a Jewish woman, the fact that it was Esther who called on everyone for prayers um, makes it that much more meaningful. No question about it. You did not write this book only for women, correct? No, gosh, no, not at all. This I is... wrote it for anybody who feels like they just need a moment in their day to just, you know, tune out, feel better connect to something deeper yeah this is for everybody and uh, it has some incredible messages now i mean under, there are exceptions because obviously you have quotes in there uh, that are necessary but but it's not a sidur this is not a book of prayers correct 
No, not at all. And obvi- again, I with the obviously, uh, I, I can't touch on all prayer. I had to be really kind of circumspect. What do I choose? So it's just random prayers, a lot of Tehillim, you know, a lot of daily stuff. Yeah. Um, and not only geared to observant people either. It's uh, people who just feel that maybe they want to take something that people have been using for thousands of years and find some meaning today. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this is that uh, many of us, especially those of us who've been in the arena of prayer for many decades, many of us uh, uh, you know, feel sometimes that it becomes really habitual. I think what your book does is it makes us stop and really think and analyze and appreciate some of the prayers that we say either on a daily basis or on somewhat of a regular basis. That was my hope. And it was really interesting for me because, as you said, for some of us, it's become habitual. Yeah. If, if you're doing something by rote, since, you know, since you can speak, obviously it just, you know, becomes that same thing over and over and over. And I always like to try to stop and think about what I'm doing. It doesn't always work. Yeah. But um, when I was reading some of it, I said, oh, how did I miss this right. for the last decade? And, and, and it's funny, by the way, it's not just the formal prayer that we have three times a day. You speak about brachas as well, which are prayers. And again, many of us, I'm, I'm sad to say, you know, run through a bracha without even thinking of, of the meaning of any one of the words that we're saying. What can I tell you? I was the queen of the brachas day in elementary <laughs> school. So. And, part of, and part of that was the type of concentration you had on each word or not? Yeah, well, you know, it, it just became this weird thing. You know, in my English studies, I was always queen of the spelling bee. <laughs> and then I became obsessed with the brachas. You know, we had those little booklets. Yeah, of course. You know, so nowadays I still do muse on it, like if someone brings me a really weird fruit. Right. You know, and I can see sometimes colleagues looking at me funny, <laughs> you know, not knowing what's going on in my head. It's just a piece of fruit. Right, but I don't even mean what bracha to say. I'm just saying that when you are yeah, saying a bracha, it, it, is, uh, it is amazing. If we, I mean, you talk about it on page 51 about the blessing over bread. Yeah. And if you just concentrate for a moment, if anybody would concentrate for a moment, you see how uh, powerful a prayer it is. And by the way, you know where the, our community has done really well, and that's because of the efforts of one specific family, the bracha of Asha that one says when leaving the restroom. Oh, that, really? Yeah, a lot A lot of people have made a, a concerted effort to concentrate on each word because of the appreciation that we convey to God in that blessing, which is really amazing and, and, and really incredible. So this is beyond the three prayers per day. This is this is uh, every single type of prayer that we say that you concentrate on. Rachel Weingarten is with us live via telephone. It's a day of prayer, everybody. We know every day is, but the fast of Esther uh, uh, certainly uh, t- uh, triggers for us a day of extra prayer, as Esther asked the Jewish people, especially the Jewish women, to do on this uh, during this special period of time before the miracle of Purim. So what do you think, uh, how do you think uh, Esther was feeling during the days before she approached Achashverosh? How much was she counting on prayer to help her get through that period of time? You know, I think what's really interesting, again, for me as a woman, when I try to tap into it, or as a Jew, I'm going to think that as terrified as she was and apprehensive as she was, maybe she kind of did what we did, that she knew that the rest of the people, she went to Mardukai and she said, tell everybody to daven. You know, so I think some of that fear was kind of dissipated knowing, okay, I have the strength of the Kehillah. Everybody's there with me. Um, I cannot fathom 
how she must have felt in those days. We all know what happened to Vashti, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even imagine the terror and apprehension, but I'm going to guess when it finally came down to it, she was just, you know, very calm because she knew what she had to do. Everybody was depending on her. Yeah. Do you sometimes yeah. feel like you wrote a muster schmooze on each page? I hope not. <laughs> because I, well, I, maybe, I, I think every you know, when I, think, I was growing up, a Mr. Schmooze had such negative connotations. Well, I think it's I think it's positive, and I think it could okay. be inspiring. And I think that okay. that every one of these pages could be an individual lecture. And you have over three hundred pages in here. Yeah, it's well. The intention was, and I, I don't want to you know get into those specifics because obviously it's a different audience. It was not to compete, but. You know, there are people of different faiths who have these things called devotionals where every day they, you know, look at things and find something. Right. And my thought was, and I had a pretty interesting conversation with my publisher, um, who's Barnes & Noble. This is the first faith-based title they've ever done. Wow. Yeah, so a little bit scary. Um, and I said, no, I'm doing all Old Testament. You know, it, right. it's, it's only the stuff. From there, right. the, the original source material. You know, I do throw in one or two things just because. Um, and I, I feel like every single day, because I know that I, I'm usually a cheerleader in my friends' lives and, you know, people I work with, and I feel like, you know, sometimes you just need that. You need to feel like every day, maybe it is the Musser Schmooze. Right. You know, or maybe it's just saying, listen, you're on the right path, and I believe in you, and you're yeah. not alone, and you had a crummy day. You know, it, it was interesting. I thought people would read this book in the morning to start their day. Yeah, and you have a, and, lot, you have a lot about how important the morning is for when it comes to prayer. Well, yeah, but what was interesting to me is how many people are writing to me and saying, <laughs> I save it for before bed. Mm. You know, when I feel like the day has been too much for me right. and I'm too overwhelmed by pressure and, you know, the scariness in the world, and this is what calms me before I go to bed. And I don't know if you intended it to be one page per day, but it's not a bad way to approach it, right? I did. I oh, you did, did intend it that way. Yeah. Oh, in fact, here you write, channeling your faith 365 days a year. So yeah, one... but you can read it anyway. Right. I know some people who sit... You know, and power read, the biggest compliment in my life is when my mother will tell me, you know, on the QT. I'm not going to do her accent because we're on the radio. My mother's Romanian. Um, but she will tell me that, you know, when she needs to calm down and, and she says she just reads my book. Oh, she I, loves it. I can see how it's very, very helpful. By the way, Leonard Nimoy, who just passed on, is mentioned in your book about prayer. Yes, he is. As is Satchel Page. How does the great pitcher Satchel Page work his way into Rachel Weingarten's book on prayer? I believe, was it where I said you're only as old as you feel? Or yeah. Yes, Dunstan, I wrote it two years ago. Satchel, no, Satchel, I'm not. I, I, keep, I keep saying it's a new book. Satchel, yeah. Satchel said, how old would you, how old would you, would you be you, if you didn't, yeah. If you didn't know how old you are, right? How old would you it be? It is a new book. Know? It came out in late September just before Rosh Hashanah, but, you know, I, no, I, I understand. I'm just joking. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? That's the quote. And you also have Crosby, Stills, and Nash in here as well. So, so well, you, you know, it's always interesting to me because that quote, you know, don't let the past remind you of what right. you are not now. I feel like it's such a Jewish theme, you know. If you do the Vidoy and you do the Harata and you move on, you're not that person anymore. Good point. You know, and I feel like what I hope is that the book 
lets people think, you know, maybe you strayed or maybe this this wasn't what you were raised with. But I don't know. I believe in you. And here's this stuff for thousands of years. People read Shakespeare. Why shouldn't you just look at Tehillim? Right. You know, and be inspired. And there's so much of you. I mean, it, when you think about it, I don't know how many exact prayers and quotes you have from prayer, but it, it, there are plenty of them. I mean, it, it, my point being that every, and I mentioned this to you uh, uh, before the interview off the air about Ashray, mm-hmm. every, every single line has a has another lesson we can learn, has another you know inspiration we can get when it comes to our relationship with God. I think what's also so beautiful is if you look at the actual language, at the actual words chosen, you know, in the prayer, in the ashray, um, I'm always amazed, you know, and what I try to do is draw a comparison for people to their everyday lives. Right. When you love someone, if it's a brand new baby, you can't talk about how cute it is. If it's your boyfriend or husband, oh my gosh, I love you. You know, there are so many ways. So when you're younger, maybe you're davening and you're saying ashray, and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm repeating it. Uh-huh. Suddenly, as you get older, you go, this is so beautiful and amazing. And you just look at the different words, and you're inspired that, you know, every sentence could be something life-changing. Yeah, sometimes we wonder about how some of the uh, older women in our community, and older men as well, and, and some younger as well, but you'll get my point in a minute, um, you know, spend their day immersed in the book of Psalms. And when you think about it, as you've just described, as you as you continue to live life, you gain such an appreciation for the words and such a, an amazing appreciation for the connection that it gives you with God that it just becomes so much more meaningful. My mother, you know, uh, again, going back to my mother, I mean, my father's in my book plenty, (laughs) but my mother, you know, she says her to him every single day, no matter what. And sometimes I'll be sitting next to her, and and it was funny, she goes, oh, no, everyone's going to think I'm such a boring old lady. I'm like, no, Mom, nobody's going to think that. Suddenly... You know, and this is a woman who's been saying to Helen her whole life, she'll she'll come out with something. <gasps> that David was so smart, you know, and she'll say a line. Or she, my mother loved the curses and the insults because she said, we sit here so miserably. But, you know, they just knew how to talk about their enemies. It wasn't just, you know, all good. Very interesting. Yeah. That is an interesting point. Rachel Weingarten is with us. Ancient Prayer, Channeling Your Faith, 365 Days of the Year, beautiful book, message per day, but you could certainly read it in one sitting if you wish, and many people have. Uh, you talk about, and by the way, I love the fact, you know, I, I, I mentioned and I, I, I said this in the early part of our conversation, I love the fact that it's not just, uh, you know, the three times per day and the formal prayers that we are very familiar with that we say three times a day. It's beyond that. You talk about the brachas, as I mentioned, but in addition to that, you even talk about Shabbos Miros. How many of us sing those Shabbos Miros as songs and don't realize the how important the words are and how meaningful they are and how, again, they would enhance our day if we'd have a bit more concentration on them. And you appreciate that. You appreciate them as prayers. I, I, just one thing I should add. I should have added. Um, it's a Barnes & Noble exclusive. The book is only available at Barnes & Noble. Ooh. For the next, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned Barnes and Noble is my publisher, but I should put it out there. Which means, if someone's on the web, they got to go mm-hmm. to that website. Yeah, they have to go to bn.com. I mean, they can order from me if they want an autographed copy at ancientprayerbook.com. Okay. But um, as far as distributing, only Barnes and Noble. We we had other offers, but my publisher is Barnes and Noble, um, Fall River Press. 
But um, sorry, I just had to mention it because no I know then people are like, I can't find it on Amazon. Understood. You can't. But as far as like the Shabbos, this mirrors and everything, that was always so amazing to me. And again, I grew up in Borough Park, you know, I, I joke, a little shtetl in Brooklyn. And I remember being amazed because most of my friends, as me, we were the children of concentration camp survivors and Holocaust survivors. We were the youngest of the youngest. Right. And I remember Shabbos was like this particular joy. You know, we'd have people over all the time. I am so certain, Stacy, when I, your wife, when I was in high school, came over for Shabbos. Um, uh, that's okay to mention. <laughs> Um, but what was amazing to me was, you know, we had the songs, we had our certain spirits, and this is what my father sang. I remember being amazed when I was a little older. Oh, there are different Nagunim, and there's different backgrounds, and maybe that's kind of when my brain was opened up to the different ways people relate to prayer as well, you know, because I did have that kind of sheltered background where I thought this is the only way it's done. Right. You know, all girls' school, all everything. And suddenly, when my mind was opened up to, you know, all the different ways of singing on Shabbos, all the different ways of connecting, um, our Shabbos table was this great big cultural adventure. And, you know, some people feel a stringency on Shabbos. For us, we just never knew what was going to happen. Right. But there were constants. You know, there was the challah and the wine and the singing. But it just became this place where everybody could connect. So Shabbos, to me, you know, obviously as a teenager, you have these years where you go, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, this is hard. But then as an adult, you go, wow, this is amazing. And it's not just about the rest. It's about the, uh, uh, the, the connection and the spirit and the entire, you know, the entire spiritual aspect of the day. Which finally does, as you say, as an adult, finally does get to, get to us. It certainly gets right to our heart. I feel Shabbos. Yeah. I really feel Shabbos. You know, when I am walking and it's Friday and the day is getting later and I'm looking at my watch and I feel Shabbos coming. And it might sound freaky to people who don't know what that is. Yeah. I actually feel it. And that was a choice, you know, because, again, you grow up a certain way and there's so many temptations. Like, oh, gee, I don't know. People reject it. I don't want to reject it. I want to find it again. Every Shabbos. It is a great discovery. Rachel Weingarten, what do you think? Do you think that the collective prayer of the Jewish people helped Queen Esther get through this period of time? I have no doubt. <laughs> no question about it, I right? I have no doubt. And I... her own prayer as well. Yeah, you know, I feel that that's... I'm, I'm debating if I should tell you a really sad story mm. about prayer. I don't know. Let's leave it for now. But I have been at a place in my life. I, I was sick. And there there was a point, I had cancer, um, there was a point where I felt I had no prayers of my own left. Right. And it was the prayers of others that got me through. It was knowing that everyone I knew was davening for me. Wow. That's what got me through, you know, uh, a very low point in my life. So I firmly believe that even if you think your faith is slipping, you just think about those around you who believe you know, believe in you and believe in their faith and where they come from and, you know, where they, maybe you're not sure where you're going, but if you think there's a whole community who, you know, believes and davens and puts their thoughts into it, 
it's hard to reject that. And, and I think that's kind of what Esther must have felt. Maybe her courage failed her for a moment, you know, when she had to, you know, rap on that door to Ahasuerus. And maybe she thought, oh, he killed his last wife, you know. What's he going to do to me, right? Yeah, but knowing that it wasn't just the people in Shushan, it was, you know, the Jewish people around the world were counting on her, you know. No question. Maybe that's what really got her through. The book is called Ancient Prayer, Channeling Your Faith, 365 Days of the Year. Rachel Weingarten, go to Barnes & Noble on the web, and you could order it at the Barnes & Noble website. Uh, I thank you. Have a happy and healthy Purim, and maybe say a prayer that it doesn't snow in this area on Purim like it's supposed to. Could you Could you do that, maybe? I could do that, because I'm thinking of all the little kids I who know. are putting together their costumes. I know. It's, it could be a washout tomorrow, but we'll figure it out, I'm sure. That should be the biggest of our problems, as they say. Thank you, Rachel, and happy Purim to you. Thank you so much, Nachum. Happy Purim to you. Uh, the book is Ancient Prayer, Channeling Your Faith, 365 Days of the Year, and I am highly recommending it, highly. And I can tell you that Stacy Siegel highly recommends it as well. It is uh, a, a great book, and I, as I said when I was in Livingston speaking about prayer a few weeks ago, um, I, I tried to convey a lot of the messages, and a lot of the same messages I found here in Rachel Weingarten's book, just a great uh, and wonderful, comprehensive look at so many different prayers and so many different uh, attitudes and and the spiritual aspects of of different prayers that we say, including outside of the regular three prayers a day, Tehillim and Brachos and Zemiros and so much more. Check it out. March 4th, the uh, 13th of Adar. Today is Tanis Esther 5775. Hope your fast is going well. Uh, yes, uh, rain and snow tonight. They're talking about one to three inches, believe it or not. Snow tomorrow, they're talking about another one to three inches. My gosh, 29 the high for tomorrow. Could be a challenge delivering that Mishloch Manos and the Matanot Lev Yonim, but you know something? I am sure the Purim is going to be spectacular no matter where you are. Nothing is going to wipe the smile off of the faces of children and adults on a Purim day, not even a snowstorm. Esther's Prayer, ironically enough, is the name of this selection from Safam and Atanis Esther at JM in the AM.
in the AM. Esther's Prayer done by Safam on this Tanis Esther morning. My thanks to Rachel Weingarten. 8 o'clock hours around the corner. Senator Rand Paul is going to join us. He was there yesterday, of course, as BB spoke. Jay Booksbaum is going to be in. How does one behave on Purim is his question. He'll have an answer for us. And by the way, speaking of behaving on Purim, there's been an initiative that really has taken off over the last few years to spend a good part of uh, Purim night and or Purim Day uh, in Torah study. And this is something that's been going on from, uh, quote-unquote, from Lakewood to YU, uh, with people trying to spend their time on Purim in an even more productive way than uh, just getting drunk and celebrating. <laughs> and I give credit to those who've uh, who've been behind this initiative. 
Um, it has had an effect on thousands of people. And in all seriousness, it does not take away from the Simchas Purim. People still do plenty of dancing at their Chagigas, and people still do plenty of drinking and enjoying the uh, Suda of Purim. Uh, but it certainly adds a little bit more of a uh, seriousness and a more of a proper celebration to the day. So whatever it takes, whatever it takes to uh, stop people from getting sick unnecessarily and to start people uh, thinking about celebrating in a proper way, uh, call it a vote. Simple as that. Uh, JM and the AM, we've got uh, the brand new. Oh, one second. Let me see what I have here. We've got the brand new Schlockrock Shacapella. Um, I want to thank Lenny Solomon and I want to thank Yossi Zweig who made sure I got it. We've got the brand new Schlockapella and this is called Minion Man. This is how we'll wrap up the seven o'clock hour on a Tannis Esther morning at JM in the AM. Huh. All right, sorry about that. Not working the way I thought it would. Um, let's see here. No, okay. Sorry about that. We'll wrap up the hour. We'll wrap up the hour and continue with more. And hopefully, we will get for you at some point this morning the brand new Schlockapella CD onto JM in the AM. Mayor Weingarten is here tomorrow. Our Purim celebration Wednesday, uh, Friday rather, is Shushan Purim. Uh, already, I think I've had too much to drink. Uh, Friday is Shushan Purim, and Malcolm Holmline will join us at seven forty in the morning uh, to discuss the uh, weekly update, all the different things that uh, went on this week. Oh, a lot of things went on this week, I can tell you that much. So Malcolm Holmline will join us for that Friday morning here at JMNAM. And then Monday is Fundraising Marathon 2015. Two weeks of asking you to support this great radio show. Make sure to respond generously. We've got to make a lot of money and keep this radio station going. How about on Purim you make a commitment to support JM and the AM even more than you thought you would? That would be good. Anyway, we'll talk more about this on Monday when Fundraising Marathon 2015 begins. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. But I can guarantee you this. The days when the Jewish people remain passive in the face of genocidal enemies... Those days are over. We are no longer scattered among the nations, powerless to defend ourselves. We've restored our sovereignty in our ancient home. And the soldiers who defend our home have boundless courage. For the first time in a hundred generations, we, the Jewish people, can defend ourselves.
This is why, this is why as Prime Minister of Israel, I can promise you one more thing. Even if Israel has to stand alone, Israel will stand. But I know that Israel does not stand alone. I know that America stands with Israel. I know that you stand with Israel. You stand with Israel because you know that the story of Israel is not only the story of the Jewish people, but of the human spirit that refuses again and again to succumb to history's horrors. Facing me, right up there in the gallery, Overlooking all of us in this august chamber is the image of Moses. Moses led our people from slavery to the gates of the promised land. And before the people of Israel entered the land of Israel, Moses gave us a message that has steeled our resolve for thousands of years. I leave you with his message today. Be strong and resolute, neither fear nor dread them. My friends, may Israel and America always stand together, strong and resolute. May we neither fear nor dread the challenges ahead. May we face the future with confidence, strength, and hope. May God bless the state of Israel, and may God bless the United States of America. shock haven't even left my block house in queen surely means it was time to hurry brother's wedding we'd be heading who knows when i wasn't betting getting dressed what a mess it was time to worry we embark on a lark to the hall in borough park my wife and i really try but we don't know the way driving quick i feel sick sitting still on the van wick i'll be late very spate when i heard her say i told you take the bell you should use the bell you never listen when i tell you always use the bell i always use the bell why can't you use the bell now we're lost it's gonna cost you didn't take the bell now we're not moving my wife is proven she'd do it better I should have let her If she were driving We'd be arriving
bathing. I'd rather walk than hear her talk. Oh, we're not moving. And she's still proving she'd do it better. I should have let her. I should have listened right away. She told me take the belt. I should have used the belt. I never listen when she tells me you should use the belt. Next time I use the belt, you'll see I'll use the belt. I yeah, the schmeigefazetiger should have used the belt. Ten. That was when we saw we were stuck again Getting near, almost there, in our brand new Ford Out of luck, we're still stuck Right behind a garbage truck Oh how great, now we're late Missed the smorgasbord Nerves of steel at the wheel Imagine how upset I feel Tensions rise, you realize Should've listened right away Cooper's looming, I'm still zooming While my wife is busy fuming Now I'm late, but really late Again I heard her say hey, Told you to take the belt Yes, should've used the belt You never listen when I tell you Always use the belt I always use the belt Why can't you use the belt Now we're lost, it's gonna cost You didn't take the belt Now we're not moving My wife is proving She'll do it better I should have let her If she were driving We'd be arriving I'd rather walk than hear her talk Oh, we're not moving And she's still proving She'd do it better I should have let her Toy goy caporis Ipinoisaurus I should have listened right away She told me take the belt I could have used the belt didn't listen when she told me you should use the belt. Next time, I'll use the belt. You'll see I'll use the belt. I yay the schmoiger, fazik, tiger, should have used the belt. Oh! So guess what? The next time, I took the belt. And you know what? I got stuck in traffic. It was the same thing. I was late. And the one I heard in my ear was, why did you take the belt?
Off of the Dance Purim CD on this Tanis Esther, a day of prayer here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning, Senator Rand Paul scheduled to join us in a few minutes. He was there yesterday, of course, in a joint session of Congress. Tanis Esther morning, hope your fast is going fast. Mayor Weingarten in tomorrow on Purim Day. I thank him in advance. Friday, we're here with the uh, Shushan Purim special, and Malcolm Honline will join us with the weekly update. Should be interesting. Monday morning, JM in the AM and our fundraising marathon 2015. If you want to participate, you want to uh, provide breakfast for our staff, if you want to come down and answer some phones or hang out at the best radio station in America, uh, <laughs> uh, be in touch with us. Uh, you want to write to uh, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at WFMU.org. Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at WFMU. Dot O-R-G. 36 degrees, rain today. We're expecting one to three inches tonight, one to three inches tomorrow. Looks like Purim might be a, uh, a snowy Purim. I remember a snowy Purim a few years back where the, uh, the difficulties of delivering Mishlach Manos in the snow were quite evident. <laughs> we'll see what happens this time around. 11 minutes after the hour, it's JM in the AM. We have great programming on our stream all day long. Make sure to be tuned in all through the day at jmtheam.org. Yossi Zweig doing the live lunch. I have a uh, brand new edition of the Beyond Milk and Honey program coming up. That'll happen starting at 9 o'clock this morning. And... Um, where are we here? That's coming up at 9 o'clock this morning here at the jmintheam.org. We encourage everybody to tune in all through the day. Uh, Community Roundtable will focus on APAC, or by Steve Berg, will speak starting at 9.30 this morning about APAC, Prime Minister Netanyahu's congressional speech. An expert on female suicide bombers from the University of New Haven will be a guest of Rabbi Steve Berg. And Zach Ibrahim, son of a terrorist who preaches tolerance, will also be part of that program. So that's happening today starting at 9.30 this morning on Community Roundtable uh, with everybody Steve Berg. We strongly suggest you tune in and enjoy. 12 minutes after 8 o'clock, here's Ruach. Ruach. <laughs> 
J.M. in the A.M. Miami with the uh, Alanis, and we start saying those words tonight, of course, with the holiday of Purim. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Ruach Selection, Shoshanas Yaakov, which we say after the reading of the Book of Esther uh, this evening. 20 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's a J.M. the A.M. Wednesday morning. Well, Senator Rand Paul, Republican senator from Kentucky, was, of course, in the room yesterday when the uh, Prime Minister of Israel address the joint session of Congress, and the senator has been kind enough to set aside a few minutes for us this morning right here at JM in the AM. Senator Rand Paul, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. What a pleasure to speak with you. Tell me what it was like, what the atmosphere was like as the prime minister addressed the joint session of Congress and essentially the world. Senator? Did we just lose the senator? <laughs> did we just lose the phone connection to the senator? In fact, we did. Wow. All right, hopefully he'll rejoin us in a minute, I hope. <laughs> That's ironic, huh? That is certainly ironic. I think we have Senator Paul back. Senator, are you there? Yes. The question is, and I, um, I'm i glad we got you back. The question is, what was the atmosphere like when the Prime Minister of Israel addressed the joint session of Congress and essentially the world yesterday? You know, I think incredibly supportive, and some have said, you know, even more so than in recent years because of the president's sort of hostility towards having him come. I think people wanted to send a message to the president that, uh, you know, the Prime Minister of Israel has always been welcome in our country. Do you think the president uh, and his um, reaction to the invitation of John Boehner to the prime minister uh, may have uh, done himself? I'm having a little trouble hearing you. How's our connection now? Uh, I think it's better. Is this good? Wow. Can you repeat your question one more time for me, please? Do, do you think the president did himself a disservice by calling so much attention to the invitation by John Boehner, and, the, and there's no way the speech would have gotten the attention it did if the president would not have reacted that way? Ah, we keep losing the senator. All right. <laughs> that is frustrating. That is really frustrating. Rand Paul was there yesterday, as was the majority of the representatives of the House and Senate. We'll give this one more shot. Senator Paul, are you there? Yes, I am. We got a bad connection. Hopefully this is better. I appreciate you reconnecting, and I appreciate your patience. The question is, do you think the president did a disservice to himself by calling so much attention to the speech? Maybe all the people that watched it and heard it yesterday would not have if he would not have called all that attention about the invitation by John Boehner to the prime minister. Well, I think it was good that we, we brought attention because the speech was an important one. I think it was also good because... Uh, one of the main problems that we've been having with the president is the separation of powers. Right. And the invitation to speak before Congress comes from Congress, not the president. And so I think in many ways the president acting sort of in a petulant way, as if he were a child and didn't get uh, sufficiently asked uh, permission, I think really in the end did make the speech much louder. But it, it, it needed to be said, and I think the uh Prime Minister framed the issue in a very good way that it's not just about nuclear enrichment, it's about spreading terrorism throughout the Middle East, it's also about conventional weaponry, and it's really about attitude. Um, but I did like that the Prime Minister said that uh, his goal is peace, that's what Israel wants, that's what we want, and that all we're asking for really is a sincere, uh, part on the part of Iran, a sincere effort to say they're going to give up on trying to 
you know, believe in all this rhetoric of uh, destroying Israel and spreading terrorism throughout the Middle East. Yeah, well, he did. Uh, he did outline why he considers them an untrusty, uh, uh, untrustworthy uh, uh, a partner in this uh, in these negotiations. I hope that that was appreciated by all the members of Congress. What's the next step? What do you think the next step is? Do you think that in any way uh, the Prime Minister influenced the President yesterday during the speech? Do you think members of Congress uh, are going to be even stronger on this issue? What do you think the next step is? Well, for the past several months, I've been working with several members to try to see if we could embolden the administration and have them negotiate from a position of strength rather than weakness. So I'm co-sponsoring legislation with Senator Corker that makes sure that the administration knows that any agreement will have to be voted on and agreed by Congress. This should give them more leverage. When they go back to negotiations, they should be able to say, look, Congress isn't going to sign on to a bad deal. So we have to now negotiate from more of a position of strength. And uh, the only thing I'm disappointed in is we didn't think of this idea earlier because people have been talking about it, but it's taken a long time to come to fruition. But I think it's a great idea because now the president can go to the negotiating table and say, look, I can't sign this if it's a bad deal. I'm going to have to demand less centrifuges. We're going to have to demand that uh, really that uh, the possibility of developing nuclear weapons is taken off the table. And when would this come to the floor? When would this actually be voted on? There's a possibility by next week. And uh, the legislation has just been finalized in the last few days. But uh, there's a possibility by next week uh, it could be on the floor. And uh, in that case, the president's, so to speak, hands would be tied. He'd have no choice but to adhere to it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like to say hands tied. I like to say that uh, he has to realize that the American people, through their representatives, will have to approve of the deal. Because I do want a deal. I want a deal where Iran gives up its nuclear ambitions. I want a deal where Iran gives up its uh, ambitions to spread terrorism. And so I am still hopeful and one who but does believe in negotiations, even with somebody who is, uh, you know, an adversary, because adversaries aren't to be trusted. And so we don't really negotiate with our friends. So I am for negotiations. I hope this steals the president's nerves and we actually get a deal that uh, Iran agrees to, you know, give up their nuclear ambition. Uh, but that's, you're right, it's a difficult scenario, and there have been many instances where they have not been a trustworthy uh, partner in the negotiations. Um, but this will push it. It definitely pushes it and tells the president that, uh, we're not going to accept a bad deal. It's interesting to watch what people say and write about you, especially in light of, uh, you know, the different things you've said in foreign policy-wise over the years. Uh, did, did you notice that some people were not happy the way you clapped yesterday during the speech? <laughs> uh, I would say that we, we are approaching the ridiculous if we're going to, to measure how fast you have to clap, uh, you know, what it is. The interesting thing, it's kind of funny, We I, I was part of giving uh, the uh, the Prime Minister of Israel 50 standing ovations and uh, was <laughs> applauding throughout, but apparently some people, to some people, wasn't fast enough <laughs> applause. So, uh, no, but that's the kind of world we live in. I mean, you know, you know, your, your tie's not straight, your hair's not combed perfectly, and you don't clap right for some people, so... But, uh, you know, hopefully there are some thinking folks out there who are not going to succumb to that nonsense.
Senator, before I let you go, I must ask you about this story uh, regarding Shelley Adelson. There was a story that the um, uh, that, that uh, Mr. Adelson was actually uh, uh, making a concerted effort to make sure, uh, with financial backing, of course, to make sure you would not win the upcoming Republican uh, primary nomination. Have you spoken with him? Do you know if there's any truth to the story? What can you give us in terms of an update on that situation? Well, that's another thing where people spread mistruths. I, I sat down with he and his wife yesterday, and they assured me there was no truth to that, and that was somebody spreading falsehoods. And, uh, no, we have uh, good relations, and uh, we had a, a great, very informative discussion. In fact, we talked about my Stand with Israel Act, where I have uh, pledged to try to not give any American money to Hamas to end the money that goes to the Palestinian Authority as long as they're linked to Hamas. And uh, I thought we had a good discussion. Oh, that's great. That's good news to hear. And uh, uh, I, I guess that uh, it's a good feeling knowing that uh, uh, many people want to see you march on and uh, one day actually be in the White House. That must be a great feeling as you continue to uh, go around the country and hear from people who are enthusiastically backing your nomination. Well, we will see, we will see, but it's going to be an interesting time over the, the next year or so, and we're going to make our final decision sometime in the next month or so. But I think people are understanding that uh, we're going to have to do something different if we're going to actually uh, win a presidential election. That means we've got to attract new people, um, and that means uh, all kinds of different constituencies we haven't attracted in the past. And I think the youth vote, the African-American vote, the Hispanic vote, frankly, the Jewish vote could become more Republican over time. And I think with the, the Democrats' sort of resistance to Netanyahu speaking here, I think that should send a message to a lot of uh, American uh, Jewry that uh, really the time to think about who supports Israel is, is now. Yeah, well, you're making an excellent point. Thank you so much for joining us. It's much appreciated and continued success. Thank you. Senator Rand Paul, Republican of Kentucky, with us here on JM and the AM. There you heard it, folks. This was the, uh, this was the big rumor, the big story, more than a rumor. Looked like a real story, frankly, uh, about Shelley Adelson declaring that he would uh, do anything, uh, including, uh, uh, from the financial standpoint to make sure Rand Paul would not be a nominee. Uh, the nominee on the Republican Party for president in 2016. And as you heard, Rand Paul spoke with him yesterday. And uh, that story, uh, he contends that uh, Shelley Adelson contended, uh, is completely false. That might be the news item of the day. Uh, Wednesday morning, Tanis Esther morning as we continue. This is JM in the AM. Yeah. 
بیایا ایش یهودی هایا به شوشن عبی را اوش ما بار خیر بن یایر بن شمی بن کشش مینی اوش ما بار خیر بن یایر بن شمی بن کشش مینی Shwebel Sharf and Levine, Ish Yehudi, words we'll say tonight and tomorrow during Megillat Esther, the Book of Esther, from the grapevine, brought to you by our, well, we can't say that yet, but we will say that we are speaking from the grapevine, and he is representing the most amazing and incredible kosher wine, and uh, do I say wine and spirits or just wine? Wine and spirits. Wine and spirits, yeah. company in the it's world, and that's of course the one and only... J. Booksbound. It's Erev Purim. It is Erev Purim on this Tanis Esther, which means that there's only one way to celebrate properly. Jay Booksbaum claims there are people around the world who have a million different ways to celebrate Purim, but he always says each year, no, 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 there's only one way to celebrate Purim, and that is safely correct, and with a clear and level head and making smart decisions. Welcome, Jay. Thank By you. the way, you know we, we were we were speaking on the air about all the people that constantly 
approach you about uh, you know where in the where in the world is Jay Booksbaum, which right. is such a popular segment. Are you doing as much traveling these days as you did back then? Well, I just got off the plane last night at, from where? at eleven o'clock from Boston. It was a ten-hour flight. You're spending a lot of time <laughs> Could in you Boston. Imagine? Yeah, well. You know why it was a 10-hour flight? Why? Because it was snowing and freezing rain. It was rain horrible. It was horrible. Was there a lot of turbulence? It wasn't. No. It wasn't Did up you say in the to air. yourself, oh, no. It was on the ground. That Did you say problem. to yourself, oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. But I want to tell I don't, you something. I don't want it to end. Did you say to yourself, I don't want it to end in Boston? Did that come across? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did that come across your mind? <laughs> Why are you in Boston when there's 30 feet of snow on the ground? Can't you? Can't the Herzogs avoid giving you that assignment when Actually, there's 30 feet of snow there? You know, sometimes you see snow banks that are taller than you. Right. It's like the entire street is snow banks that and you're are taller walking than through you. these little tunnels. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. How do they get around? How do they do anything? Well, no, they've they've now cleared, you right, know, both sides, and it's like you know where that little patch of grass is in between the sidewalk and the that's and all the, the curb. Snows. That's it's unbelievable. Was the trolley running? Yes, the trolley was running, but it's not back to normal. No, hey. and it won't be for weeks. Come on, you know how many you know how many hot weather days we need to get that city back to normal? Oh man. Anyway, is there a nice Jewish community in Boston? The nice Jewish community, I, I don't understand. I, I keep asking this question. I don't understand why they can't support a really fine kosher rest dining. They don't have anything up no. there? I mean, they have. They have the Milk Street Cafe, which it's is wonderful, there. wonderful. And they just went Fleischik, Milchik, and Parv. They have wow. three kitchens now. How do you like that? And they still have Rubens, which is wonderful. Right. And they still have uh, the Butchery, which is wonderful. And they have a pizza shop, which is very, which is nice. And they have Tam China, which is nice. But... They don't have a really fine wine, and, and there's a lot of very wealthy religious people there. Does anybody serve fine wine in their kosher establishment? No. Nobody. Nobody. What's the last glass of wine you had? What was it? The last glass of wine you had was? Shiloh um, Mosaic. You had the Mosaic. Great. great I have wine. a closed bottle of Mosaic on my windowsill that I'm saving for tomorrow. Take it off your windowsill. What's it doing on your windowsill? That's my wine cellar. Here's my windowsill. Oh, no. It's please. A, you remember apartment living, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh, take it off the right, windows. Right over the radiator. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why? Is this a bad idea? Listen, you know what? <laughs> the last interview you had was sobering enough. No, really. He was really a... Ma- Senator ma- Paul. Senator Rand Paul. It's just yeah. great. You did great. Didn't clap enough, according to some people. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, um, so, that, so Mosaic was the last wine you had, the last wine you tasted. Right. And... Uh, what will it be tomorrow? What will it be tomorrow during the Purim Suda? You will likely reach for which bottle in your big collection, in your multi-million dollar collection? <laughs> Why don't you come over? Who has the key? Does Brenda keep the key to the collection or you have a key as well? <laughs> yeah. Who has the key to the wine cellar in the Booksbaum, uh, in the Booksbaum estate? That's the key. Who has the key to That's the wine the cellar? Key. The fanciest kosher wine cellar you ever saw, can we mention on the air, wouldn't be appropriate. Who, had, who owned the fanciest kosher wine cellar you ever saw? I don't saw? know. Fancy's kosher wine. Name cellar. one you've seen that was really a cool. Does 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 David Herzog have a good wine cellar? He has a great wine. He cellar. does have a good wine. As cellar? a matter of fact, David Herzog built the wine cellar into his into the ground in his basement. Wow. He actually dug out an area. Survived, which Super is unusual. Most most wine cellars that I've seen are wine cellars that are you know fabricated within the walls of an existing cellar. Right. He actually dug a, a tunnel. Wow. So to speak, a, a cellar, a cave. He must have spent weeks doing that. <laughs> and he used a spoon. <laughs> so he has how many bottles in that cellar? I if you'd go there tomorrow on Purim, you'd have a choice of how many bottles. I don't know, but I'm going. No, I used to go all the time. <laughs> I remember which, you used which to go Which is there. a good segue. Oh, let's hear. Okay. I used to go to visit David Herzog all the time on Purim. And we used to drink some nice wines. Right. And insistently, my wife 
insisted, c- consistently, my wife insisted that she come along. Right. Now, of course, she wanted Rifki's, uh, his wife's wonderful food. The hamantaschen. But the main reason she came along was to make sure that, she, that I, that I was not the driver. She wanted to make sure you got home safely. She was the designated driver and drank nothing. So she's really the author of the Booksbaum rule on Purim. I'm telling you. It's not you. you. Know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a whole, you know, there's a series of uh, points that I really, it's really important to drive home this era, this uh, kind of sester. Right, and by the way, they're expecting snow tomorrow, which is going to make it even more difficult to drive home. When was the a, last time you saw snow on Purim? It was the, recently, unfortunately, yeah. a few years ago. Anyway, um, so, uh, I forgot the point. I'm, I'm drunk myself, I think, <laughs> at this point. I don't remember anything I was going to say anymore. Uh, uh, is that you? Is that you, Jay? Yeah. Oh, I barely see you from this <laughs> side of the room. My God. You're not even supposed to be drinking anything. Uh, you're right. I don't know why. It's a tannis, and I've already had too much to drink. Maybe you're high because you haven't eaten. Hey, the first Mishloch Manos showed up yesterday. Is that right? You know, now Mishloch Manos shows up, like, you know, days in advance. First one showed up yesterday. You know what was in it? What was in it? Sparkling peach grape juice. That's very smart. Sparkling peach you know, grape that juice. You know, that was one of my points. Huh? One of my points. Let's you, see. If you're going to have children... At your table coming in, and then you want to make them feel. And when I say children, I'm talking about anyone under 21. Wow. Not 14. Even a 20 year old. Not 17, not 19, not 20. Anybody under 21 for the purpose of alcohol consumption is a child by law. And you're not allowed to give them anything. And you're not allowed to give them anything. What if their parent calls me and says I can give them? That, What's the then rule? you tell the parent, come on over, you can <gasps> give it to them. You I'll dispense give it, to it you. yourself. Exactly. Wow. You're, you're not to dispense. It's the illegal. Booksbaum rule is tough. Not only that, it's, it's not only a books, it's, it's not only that. You're liable if God forbid anything happens. Well. And you're probably liable if God forbid anything happens even if they're over 21. But at least they have the right to drink. Right. And they right to make a decision. To drink. And the right to make a decision. When you say over twenty one, you mean if you give them too much when you see they're drunk already, right? That's what you meant, right? That's what you meant. You'd be liable if you yeah. see that they're noticeably right, right, not able right. to control right. themselves, and you keep giving them stuff to drink. That is correct. That is correct. Oh boy! All right. So number one, use the grape juice as a substitute for those under twenty one. So they, especially the sparkling grapes, are so much fun. They can, you know, kind of feel like they're still part of it without. You know, right. and once it's in the glass, nobody knows that it's sparkling grape juice. Right, they can make they believe, can make it's believe a real that it's real wine, you know. <laughs> okay. So it was one of the points. So that's not, tip number one. Tip number one. Tip number two is, um, I cannot tell you, Rahama Clapman, who runs Mask, and the telephone number is? Uh, Give me a second. Do you have it there? Yes, 718 Right. And uh, I, I don't have my computer in front of me, so I can't give you the um, web address. I'll find web address. But she always this is the Mothers and Fathers Aligned Saving Kids right, mask. Right, mask. And they why they, is mask such an important resource on Purim? They have saved literally. I mean, they have serviced tens of thousands of families with drug related and alcohol related issues. And I have to tell you that she tells me over and over and over again, you cannot imagine how many of them said to her, you know when this started? When I went to my Rebbe's house on Purim, or went to my friend's house on Purim, or went to my uncle's house on Purim, went to my... And they gave me wine or whiskey. Now remember, the, the word formative years is a real word. It means that's when their attitudes and their physicality is being formed. You get some of these kids drunk, and you give them alcohol during those formative years, you know, under 21, and guess what? They could end up being a danger to others, but even, and especially to themselves, many years to come. No question about it. So you've got to be so careful. Everybody out there, you are, um, 
you are uh, encouraged to support the work of Mask, and you're encouraged if if there's somebody out there, a youngster uh, or parents who are in right. need of their help, you can call them at the seven one eight seven five eight zero four hundred. That's a confidential hotline. Again, that's seven one eight seven four eight. It's 758-0400, And I'm trying to find the web address. Does maskparents.com make sense? Or .org? Does that make sense? Could be. I apologize. I should have looked this up, and I don't have it here, but I'll, I'll keep looking. Don't worry. And maybe it's M-A-A-S-K? I don't know. Uh, we'll look for it. Okay. Jay Booksbaum, years ago, when he was a little youngster, when he was a tyke back in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, occasionally, occasionally had a little too much to drink on Purim, and he could describe what that day turns into. You and your colleagues back in the old days on Bedford Avenue would have a little too much to drink. There may be right now people in their teens or 20s or 30s or 40s who are listening to this conversation wondering what they'll do tonight, how they'll enjoy the holiday, what they'll do tomorrow uh, in the early part of the day and during the Suda to enjoy the holiday. And We've seen disastrous occurrences we've and you've experienced you're here today as a man of experience (laughs) you know what it's like to stand on the curb of a road of a street and as you have and i will quote you this is a jay booksbound quote please (laughs) do not attribute it to me uh jay has said uh on tanis esther's past he has said that he has been on the curb of a street and has puked his brains out <laughs> as a as a method of trying to uh, to make an impression on everybody out there uh, how they should celebrate Purim more safely. Uh, you've used that expression, and you claim you claim yeah that it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> That's what you've claimed. On First the of air. all, not only is it not a pleasant experience, <laughs> but it's halakhically not what you're supposed to be doing. I applaud you, Mr. The, Books. There's now. nothing in the books. There is in the books that says you're supposed to drink enough, you know, to not know the difference between uh, Haman and, and Mordechai. Right. But it doesn't say to the point where you get sick. Right. You should not be physically sick. It's not. There's no halakha to be physically sick. Please, don't get physically sick. It's ridiculous. And, you know, there is something called alcohol poisoning. you got to be careful with that. Uh, one of the other, so so don't go that far. One of the other, even if you have a designated driver and you're not going anywhere, all that stuff, don't bring it to the point where you're going to be physically sick. Right. There's no, you know, no, any rub, ask, uh, you know, this is my disclaimer, ask your local rub, right. but any rub will tell you that you shouldn't be getting physically sick. Correct. And, and you know what? This is a, one of the other points is the equivalency thing. Remember, I always talk about this equivalency. Yeah, you say. Uh, remind me. Uh, right, equi- this drink is equal to this drink. Exactly. A a. First of all, the only halachic perspective is to have wine. Whiskey is not. Right. Alcohol, alcohol, you know, spirits of any kind are not part of the deal. Neither right. is beer. Right. Okay. It's only wine. It's only wine. And in fact, sometimes Jay gives me a dispensation to have some apple liqueur. <laughs> sometimes you allow me to have some Binyamina apple liqueur. You can have whatever you want, but, but the, you know, when the Chazal talk about drinking enough, they're talking about drinking wine. Number one. Number two is know this, yeah. that, you know, the, it, it's, it, it's not like, oh, just don't mix them. Alcohol is alcohol is alcohol. A a can of beer is the same as a glass of wine is the same as a shot of whiskey in terms of the am- amount of alcohol that you're consuming. Right. The only thing that I will say is is that very heavily sweet wines can affect you, <clears throat> not alcoholically speaking, but you know stomachly speaking, so to speak, because you know sugar 
can can actually you know uh, you know be heavy and and hard on. So the your stomach. advice essentially is everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Take it easy, folks. And even if you're gonna drink more than you know enough, so that you don't know the difference, make sure you have a designated driver. Make sure that you're not in anybody's. You know, you're not gonna harm anybody else. That you're not serving anybody else. Simple as that. And if anybody in your home is under the age of 21, you have no right to let them drink anything. Correct. That would include beer, essentially. Absolutely. And there's a big liability. By the way, several years ago, I don't know if you remember this, and I think Purim actually motivated some of this. Um, The the police have the right Right. to take away your car, period. And impound it. Impound it. Right. It's not just like you can't drive, park the car. No. They will tow it away, and you may not get it back. Correct. If you're, if you're under the influence. Jay Booksbaum is here. It's Erev Purim. It's Tanis Esther. Important reminder. Uh, so much awareness over the years on this topic. Years ago when Jay was growing up on Bedford Avenue in Brooklyn, believe <laughs> me, nobody thought of this stuff and nobody even thought twice about getting into a car after a Purim party. Thank God now we, we are much more, uh, we pay much more attention to this situation, to this problem. Uh, if you need the services of mask, mothers and fathers align saving kids. It's a, it's really unfortunately an opportunity over Purim to see if, uh, there are kids who do overdo it. You can call them at area code 718-758-0400, 718-758-0400. Mask Ruchama at AOL.com. I don't oh, have the go. web address, but I can give you an email there for Ruchama Kaplan, uh, Clapman rather. It's Mask Ruchama at AOL.com. Also, she let us know that tonight the From Divorce Organization is doing a Purim celebration for kids starting tonight at 6.30 at the Sasson Vesimcha Hall on Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. There'll be a DJ, food, magician, Megillah reading, etc. So anybody out there uh, with children from divorced homes, uh, there's a special gathering tonight, uh, Sasson Vesimcha Hall, beginning at 6.30 p.m. Uh, this evening for a big Purim celebration. She wanted us to be aware of that as well. Go ahead. So if you love, just, you know, I want to just... Go over this. Yeah. If you if if you love your husband or your wife and she wants to do the drinking, make sure you take the keys away. You know what I like doing? What I like going local, not using a car at all. That's why you're not heading to bar park. There anymore. you go. That's right. I like going local. The Herzogs are going to miss you. I hang out at home, or if I want to go to my friends, I do. But guess what? I walk. Huh. Nothing wrong with that. Be careful. And let me tell you a lot something. Of snow most, and ice on the ground. Be in careful. most neighborhoods, in most neighborhoods yeah. that you know Jewish people live, you are within walking distance of your ten good of ten good friends. But don't you know, Jay, that the people give two, three hundred shalchmanos now? Don't you know that? <laughs> Ridiculous. That you, that you, you know, I, want, I, you I don't know. That, I, I have to ask Rabbi Schoenfeld about this. Yes. If you give shalachmanos, shalachmanos, oh my gosh, I, yeah. if I if I don't pronounce it right, there, you know, yeah. I'm going to get all kinds of someone's going to yell at you, yeah. whatever. But if you give shalachmanos, I don't care. I'm going to do it the Williamsburg style. Right. If you give shalachmanos the day before, are you yotze? Um, I'm not a rabbi, Jay. I know. And, I'm asking know, Joe. And there's certain rabbi Yoel. And there are certain complicated questions I would risk answering. That that <laughs> one I have not. Oh, really? That's, that's, what I, that's what, so dangerous. Yeah, that, that My one, goodness. That one I am not going to risk answering. <laughs> anyway, I suspect you'd have to do it on Purim. Yeah, that's what I would. Suspect. I would think so yeah. too. So like this thing about, right. you know, it's become a whole. Whatever. Oh, you mean why people do it in advance? Yeah, it's just a, you know, it's a nice, uh, friendly gesture. That's all. Obviously not, uh, but it has no halachic implications. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it's, it's enough because it's nice to give people gifts in general. You know how it is. And you can um, send them to me, 6 Princeton Road, anytime you want. Anybody who wants to. Yeah, that's a good idea. Give out your address on the air. That's a very good idea. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Jay, lychee wine. 
lychee. Mm. Morad. Morad. Gorgeous. It's a shahakal. It's a shahakal. That's good. And it's good. Doesn't work for the halachic, uh. Right, you can't make kiddush on it. You can't make kiddush on it, and you, and you, you know, it's not, doesn't work for but it is Adelayada del- either. Right, but it's delicious. It's delicious. It is delicious. I, I think the passion fruit one, a drop to, what is it? Is there like a bitter aftertaste to it? What is it that, that, that doesn't sit well with it? I think me? it's just the opposite. I think it You think the lychee has more of a bitter aftertaste? Not bitter. What is it? It There's has a lively, a lively, very acidic. Is it very acidic? Acidic. Is that what it is? Yes, it, it, it's it's very got a lively acidic. acidity. That's what, and which has more. You say the lychee has more. I think the lychee has more. Interesting. What about the pomegranate one? Uh, I think the pomegranate one even has less. Mm-hmm. I like the pomegranate one. It's wonderful, but I like at least of the three. Yeah, I, just, I actually like the passion fruit. One. I just like saying there's a wine. And you know what's interesting about the passion fruit? And here's what I'd like you to try. Yeah. Next time you're having it. Take a little Bartonura Prosecco. Prosecco? Like a sparkling wine, any sparkling wine, and do three ounces of, or two ounces of, uh, of the, um, Marad, and three ounces of the Prosecco, and it's like a, a mimosa, you know, a Sunday morning mimosa. Oh, great. For a guy who's telling people not to drink on Purim, you're making recommendations. Well, you're about- the one that's getting me going here, you know? <laughs> but really, today is all about being careful. What's Simon going to be having tomorrow? What will Simon Jacob be drinking at his Purim suit? What's his favorite wine? Isn't he in Eretz He's back. What's his favorite oh, wine? Uh, when you sit with him and he says, Jay, could you bring me a bottle of my favorite wine? What do you bring him? It's usually something from Israel. Nice. It's usually something from the top wineries there, either Ooh. a Castell or a... And it's usually something out of a large format bottle, meaning a Magnum or larger. It's got to be one of those. Purim suit no, that's for sure. His, that's his, be- you know, that's his, yeah. yeah. I'm going over to his house if he's home. You're going to be heading over there? I, I, I don't know. You're I, halfway there now. You are you listening, over. Simon? No, I'm coming. <laughs> oh, I what forget. a wonderful I forgot guy. we don't drink on Tata's Esther. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I was suggesting you I'm, go. I, by the time I get there, it'll be tonight. <laughs> I know? was suggesting you go over now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Booksbound with the annual message and a very important one. He's the number one world uh, uh, kosher wine sommelier. And nonetheless, as much as he loves when people go out there and buy and enjoy kosher wine, he says today is the day to be extra careful. Take it easy. Use the grape juice. Uh, don't drive. Take those keys away if necessary. Walk to where you have to get to. There's plenty of neighbors within the area. You don't have to go driving everywhere. Uh, and as Jay has said, and I love this quote every single year, and I'll say it again. The <laughs> we feel, get the most comments. The about feeling it. of standing on the curb and puking your guts out, as Jay has said, <laughs> right. is not a good feeling. Right. I remember a situation when I was in school. Right. Of a guy Purim night, the first night. Forget about the. Forget about waiting till tomorrow and for the Suda. Purim night having too much and fell down a flight of stairs. Aye, aye. Oh, thank God he He's didn't. Okay. He didn't break anything. Aye. His <laughs> body was so loose. Exactly, <laughs> he didn't break any. But I, I'm telling you, everyone scared. Th- everyone right? thought we'd see ambulances. You know, within a minute, the way he went down. Fortunately, those stairs. there is hotel around, but I let's know. not use them. No, you know, be know. careful, be safe, enjoy it. No problem. I'm in the wine business. I like people consuming wine responsibly, and even on Purim a little bit more. You know, Chazal tell us, but. If you're going to do it, do it right. Do it sensibly. Do it responsibly. Don't serve children. Don't drink and drive. Have a designated driver. Don't do it to the point of getting sick. It's really, really important, guys. Jay, thank you. Happy Purim, by the way. Thank you. Uh, phone number at Mask. If you need mothers and, and fathers aligned saving kids, is 718-758-0400.
My thanks to Jay Bookspam and my thanks to all of you for taking the holiday of Purim as seriously as it needs to be taken, as festive as it is. This is JM in the AM. Tomorrow, it's Mayor Weingarten on Purim morning, and then Friday, Shushan Purim morning. I am back, and Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update. It should be a very interesting discussion this Friday. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the studios, from the Sonia and Robert Gold studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a uh, Tanis Esther, Erev Purim edition of JM the AM. Mayor Weingarten tomorrow, I thank him. Great programming all day on our stream today. Uh, Beyond Milk and Honey comes up next. Rabbi Steve Berg with Community Roundtable at 9.30. Live lunch with Yossi Zweig later on. On this Tanis Esther era of Purim. Uh, tomorrow, as I said, Mayor Weingarten. And then on uh, Friday, Shushan Purim morning, join us. Malcolm Holmline will be joining us. Don't forget, Monday, Fundraising Marathon 2015 begins, believe it or not, for the 32nd consecutive year. Matis, Mark, and I and the entire staff will be uh, leading the fundraising effort to keep us going here at WFMU. If you've already responded to our plea, we thank you. Uh, whether you have or have not, make sure to be tuned in starting Monday morning here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous and wonderful holiday of Purim. Till Friday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.